Hey guys, this A05 PIC Partners in Crime. How are you today, Tanya? I'm all right. Friday, so that's always good. It's always good. TGIF. Amen. <laughs> we have our guest speaker today, Kim, which is uh, Tanya's friend. Um, Kim used to work at the after school program with uh, Tanya. Is that correct? That is. Hi, Kim. Welcome. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. Kim used to live here, but she moved away to Mississippi. But I worked with her several times because she quit three times. <laughs> at least three times. Yep, three times. Each time she got rehired, she got paid way more than me when I was there five years straight. And um, yeah, that's how I met Kim. When she first moved here, I don't know what year that was. Uh, uh, 2016, I believe. Oh, wow. Cool, cool. So, uh, Kim, why did you, if you don't mind me asking, why did you quit three different times? Um, I, I had a problem with how they ran the program. Because <laughs> I like, thought I could do it better. She doesn't oh, like okay. work. Um, no. I like to have my, I like to have vacation when I want vacation and I don't, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I like to be in charge of my own life. So jobs come and go. Oh, yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with that. I was just wondering, <laughs> but why, why did you like, so this, like, does this just kept coming up, up and up, right? I mean, oh, they're like always desperate for staff. They would oh, call okay. me. They literally would call me and beg oh. me to come back. And every time I would say, okay, but I'll come back, but then I want all of this. And they mm -hmm. would just bend over backwards and say, oh, that's perfect. You can have it all. And I said, okay, great. Um, and then when they would kind of fall off their promise, then I would fall off their employment list. And <laughs> Then they would come back and then they would say, we really need you. And I'd be like, okay, but I need this. And they'd say, okay. <laughs> awesome. But yeah. yeah. And I mean, and, and it was, I really, I didn't do it because I, for the money, I just did it because well, I don't liked, make any money. Right. Cause I just liked being, I liked working with Tanya. I liked working with some of the other staff members and I liked scaring our boss because <laughs> They were afraid of me, so. <laughs> I do miss parts of it, the kids in general, but not everything else, not the parents, not, not our bosses, not the staff at the school. There is a lot of politics involved. Low pay. Always politics. High stress job. Politics Very everywhere. Very yes. high stress job. Even though it was like two hours a day, it was two hours of on your feet running not so much Kim but no I actually spent seven hours leading up to my two hours of work wondering how I could call in sick that day <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, that's really where I was <laughs> I did enjoy it I didn't like how they ran the program either um I could definitely do it better. I actually like some of the parents because there were some, some are very cool. attractive dads. Oh, she would throw balls under cars so they would have to get it. Amen. <laughs> really? 
and they would come in to pick up their kids and she's like, can you reach this? We can't reach Now, this. I remember, Tanya, now some of these kids, dads or moms went to school with us. Yeah, and yeah. I remember Tanya kind of telling me some stories of some of the parents that um, we went to, that we actually went to school with, mm-hmm. um, which I found kind of you know interesting. I'm like, oh, you know, we actually went to school with these with these parents, you know. So, um, so yeah. So you thought so, Kim? You thought some of the kids that we went to school with were pretty hot? Well, I know Tanya did too. Once they got older, not well, when we were in school. This was a different school I worked at. I don't think any oh. of the parents that we're t- specifically talking about that we knew them beforehand. Okay. All right. So I want to talk about last summer. I went to a birthday party for my nephew at his house, and his mother invited all these people. It was like a joint party. COVID had just hit few months earlier um and i'm sitting there and i see our children two of them we used to have or one of them and the parents and i know they know each other like i knew that but they were parents that we didn't get along with Kim actually got in a fight with one of them and <laughs> not a physical oh, no, fight no. no not a physical <laughs> fight verbal no. but it was so weird and then they're sitting there and they look all excited that I'm there and then I'm there with my friend Meg and she starts talking about how drunk I was the week before and that I stumbled around and threw up on myself and I'm like oh no stop (laughs) don't talk about how I really am in front of my kids parents right (laughs) especially these parents they're like high up business, you know, but uh, yeah, they acted all excited, and it's like, oh, you didn't like me when I was taking care of your kid, you didn't think I was good enough to take care of your kid, so I interviewed Kim um, a couple years ago on the other podcast, oh, okay, I, I just learned a lot about her, she was this thing, I don't know the word, something with a P, but she was a nanny, basically. A para. para. No, a au pair. Au pair, that's it. When she was 18. Can you describe this again? Yeah. Um, so I, I answered an ad. I lived in Minnesota. Um, and I answered an ad right out of high school. I thought, you know, I was going to go to college, do that whole thing. Um didn't work out. I mean, I left college when I was 18 because it was, you know, the, the atmosphere, I guess, um, hated the schoolwork, hated having to go to class, being hated responsible for that stuff. College, He's such a rebel. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, uh, I answered an ad, um, to become a nanny and my first family I was in Riverside, Connecticut, um, and I was with them. He was uh, um, like the creator or CEO, I guess, of Bum Equipment, which is a clothing line. And I don't know if that's probably still not a thing, Um, but I mean, I have a sweatshirt and some shorts still. 
Uh, but uh, he was the dad and then the mom was an interior designer. Um, she was at home. They had three kids. I mean, it was, you know, kind of a cool thing to do. Um, and I lived with them for about a nine, 10 months and they were moving and they were going to South Africa. Oh. Um, and they said I could come with if I wanted to. It was a year oh. commitment. Okay. It was a year long commitment that I had and 18. I thought, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that far away from my family at nice. least flying home um, was affordable from, you know, from Connecticut back to Minnesota was affordable. So I said, no, I was placed with the second family. Um, and this was in Manhattan. Um, so I hung out in New York and I mean, that was wild. That was amazing. It was, it was fun. It was, it was scary. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was a, a really cool experience as a young kid. And I mean, you know, growing up in Wisconsin or Minnesota, you don't really experience a whole lot. And no. then, you know, you, you go to Manhattan or you hang out in New York, your whole life just kind of changes, you know? And it was the drinking age. I was 18. Um, going to be, I was, well, I guess I was almost 19 and I went to like these underground bars or whatever, though they were called latch and key, uh, which was cool. I never had a problem being in bars and drinking. I mean that, you know, I grew up in bar and restaurant business with my family. That's what we did. Um, so I didn't, I mean, I was good with, you know, hanging out in bars and doing that kind of stuff, but I didn't know I was sheltered, you know, I right. just was a sheltered kid for the most part. And so I didn't have, there wasn't a lot of fearfulness in me, um, which could have been dangerous. You know, I didn't know where I was going, what I was getting into. And, you know, I mean, there were there were some rough places that I went to and not on purpose, just because I was naive, you know, right. um, and didn't really know any better, but it was a great experience. Loved, loved, loved my life back then. That was, I mean, it was great. That sounds interesting. Um, so I would say like one will call it now kind of like a placement nanny. Yeah kind of like yep. when your job ends you just they automatically find you another another, another job. yes yeah yep. that is that is really cool that is yep. really cool it was nice and I mean I met a I met some young other young girls you know that were nannies too and um uh gal and I remember she was from Madison um so I thought oh my gosh you know another central person and she and I hung out a lot. She didn't last for more than four months though. She got homesick. Um, and my family that I worked for was really not nice to her. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I had my like living quarters was in the back of the house. 
um, Lisa happened to be African-American and my family told her that she couldn't come through the front door, uh, that she needed to go around to the maid's quarters, um, oh my gosh. which I thought was kind of a sad deal. That's kind of what started my whole turnaround um, and wanting to leave and not really go with my family uh, when they left, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't about that. Um, I didn't, you know, I just thought that that was shallow and yucky. Um, so I didn't want to have anything to really do with that family anymore, but I knew that I had an obligation. And so when my obligation presented itself to either go with them and continue for the next three or four months or cut it loose, um, I cut it loose as soon as I could. I want to talk about Joan Jett. Oh yeah. Now Tanya kind of when the whole Jet when the whole Joan Jet movie came in, she did kind of mention to me something about you. I remember it, but I don't remember it. So she's, she's a family friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, she has been a family friend of my dad's for a really long time. Um, she used to play at a. I, well, we used to call them a coliseum, and I don't think that that's a thing now, um, but it was, it's like a big arena, but not like the Staples Center, or not like, you know, where they have big, huge concerts, just more like small town, and uh, she used to come in, and she used to play, and then she would go, and because my dad owned bars, whatever, that's how he met her, and she would come to our house. I mean, she, yeah, she just has been, she's just, she it literally, she was like an aunt, you know, she was like my aunt and um, every concert that she had that was local. We were always backstage front and center. I mean, yeah, she was, it was cool. Really? Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. That would have been so awesome. <laughs> so, so her two like- years ago, play here. In Greenville. Yeah. And that was amazing. Yeah, she's still really rocking out, isn't she? Yeah. Yes, she is. Do you still keep in contact with her or, or your family? Um, My dad, yeah, and my mom. But I think the last time that I actually have seen her, spoke to her, seven years ago, probably 10 years ago, maybe even. It's really? been a long while. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is cool, though. That is cool. She was at my son's, um, I think the last, well, Zachary's 27. So she was at Zach's, I want to say, seventh or eighth birthday party. um, And she sang at his graduation. So No way. Yeah. Really? Yep. (laughs) Yep. So 2010. So how long ago was that? 11 years ago? Wow. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't long, that long ago. Long time. Oh. <laughs> wow. So, Kim, we've had a lot of nights out. Oh, a few. We've had tattoos together, um, birthday celebrations. Yep. A lot of uh, making our bosses watch us at work. <laughs> they didn't trust us and they're writing everything down 
no reprimands though no, so that's always good um, <laughs> yeah i don't know what their problem was with us besides we were cool and we wouldn't take the kids outside when it was freezing or wet or anything smart. right right you're supposed to take them out every day um the last lady i worked with she wanted to go out twice a day in the two-hour span and there's all these things you have to achieve while you're there now at least when i was there small motor skills large motor skills they have to have a snack homework time play time um and this is all in two hours right all this stuff done uh roll call that takes a while depending right. on how many kids you have bathroom mm. breaks bathroom yeah it's just insane yeah it was a lot and then my last year i worked five hours on fridays because one school got out oh it was a charter school half of it so they would get out at noon every day or every friday so then we'd have those kids and then the regular kids would come at three so it was a five-hour day every friday yeah girls I, <laughs> I had children that would kick me by the end and throw rocks at me and didn't you have one of them like push you down or something too i'm sure um we had one kid that kept leaving the same kid and if he left the property we could call the police but he never would he would just you're like pushing him pushing him off the street go 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 just so we can call the police <laughs> he would take off on the playground even one of his teachers came out who was very pregnant and he's throwing rocks at them no it, it was just insane trying to bite kids and then i got the mother on the phone well what happened your kid's perfect. That's what happened. Exactly. And she worked, she worked daycare, so it's like, you should have a clue what's going on. Well, and they don't. That's the thing. I yeah, mean, they denial. do. They, that's exactly what it is. They do know that their kids are naughty, but they just don't want to discipline. They don't want to face the fact, shoulder, any of that, none of it. And they expect everybody at school to raise their kids. Yes, exactly. And um, it was funny because the father would come in and the kid would immediately throw whatever he had across the room. And the father was like, discipline, discipline. And the mother would come in and hug him after a bad day when he's trying to bite everybody. And it was like a uh, mixed message. Right, right. And that messed, the kid, that messed the kid up. Yeah, I tell my kids all the time, <clears throat> if you're gonna parent you better parent on the same page right exactly you can't you can't be one way and the other parent be the other way because your kids are going to be so confused and they're always going to go the easy route mm -hmm. that's yeah. you know that's how it is my grandsons mm -hmm. are the exact same way they're six and four they run the show when their mom's around when their mm -hmm. dad's around it's a whole nother story and you know just we were watching baseball and my grandson um, just started playing 
the six-year-old and the four-year-old, it was, I mean, granted it was like 75 during the daytime, mm -hmm. but when the sun goes down and it gets to be 62 or whatever, you know, 65, it's a little chilly. Mm -hmm. And so I told, yes, he was told to put on his sweatshirt and he was snatching it from his mom. And then he would, you know, he would push her and he would tell her no. And he took the, his little sweatshirt and he threw it on the ground. And I'm like watching it all unravel. My yeah. nephew did the same thing yesterday morning. He would not what? wear a sweatshirt and his mom argued and argued. But he's 13. So it's like, go freeze your ass off. That's right. your problem. Right. But I just, and I, I waited, I waited, patiently waited for her to finally just use her mom voice and step up, yep. you know, it never happened, never happened. And then he's like, I'm cold. I'm cold. Cover me up. Cover me up. I'm like, oh, see, mom. no, absolutely not. And so I grabbed his jacket and I said, either you're putting this jacket on or we're going to wait in the truck until it's over. Those are the, your options. That's it. If you want to wait out here, you're putting your coat on. I'm not playing. You're not telling me no. I'm the grown up. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know? And he was like, okay. And he put his jacket on. I'm like, that's exactly right. Put it on and leave it on. Do you have any animals, Kim? Yeah, we have a dog. Um, he's a German shepherd. His name is Tank. And uh, we have two cats that were here when we bought the house oh. um, and they were like just tiny little babies that were living in the bush or like the shrubs outside oh. um so we I mean we claimed them took them to the vet got them their shots got them spayed they're both boys um but they're running they don't live in our house I yeah. mean they don't ever come mm -hmm. in they we keep the garage door you know open a little bit so that they can come in and out and their food and stuff is in there but they're neighborhood cats is what I call them are we they just, friendly or skittish? yeah we can we can hold them um but like if cars drive by or anything like that or Oops. if anybody else comes walking through the yard like the postman or whatever delivery person they'll run and hide um but they, I think, are they're used to us because we're always here, right. and we talk to them and we feed them every day. And Did you name them? Yeah, Toby and Tucker are their names. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, they're twins. Um, and I don't—they're uh, the cats that have that M on their forehead. Okay, that's so, what that was my parents' cat. Yeah, I don't know what kind that is, but that's what they—they've got like that little stripe markings or whatever they're kind of brown black gray mm -hmm. things yeah yep so you're from mississippi um you said right or oh, you live in minnesota now. oh Minnesota. wait no you wait i thought you said you're in mississippi yep yeah. i live in i live in mississippi i'm from minnesota yeah yeah sorry um so how long have you been living in mississippi um it's going to be two years july 2nd Holy crap. oh okay. i thought it was like a year Oh, it's coming up on two and i still haven't got out there Stupid i know pandemic. well and you missed it we had 15 inches of snow here like um oh. almost a month ago oh. it's gross it is gross i thought i'm never gonna see snow again like that 
we were sh literally shoveling our front yard because we had a pipe that burst in this house, um, which is something that, that we've never, ever in all of our years living in Minnesota and Wisconsin, never once have we had a pipe burst in our home. Um, then we're here, you know, for 18 months and voila, got a big old burst pipe. <laughs> <laughs> when the last dog died, I'm like, oh, I'm dog free. We can go visit Kim, me and Katrina, and then the pandemic hit. Yep. I wanted to um, bring out my first impression of Kim. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that was one good. of my... That was one of my questions I had for you guys. What was your what was your first impressions of each other? I don't re really remember much, but she was very jolly, I think. And happy. I can see that. And I was like, eh. And then I was like, don't like her. I don't like anybody. And yeah, especially she, happy people you don't like. Yeah. And then when she she was there alone with me or whatever then it was like we're not doing this we're not doing that and I'm like always we're not following the rules and I'm like we have to do this and this and this and she's like I'm not doing that <laughs> and I would play with the kids football whatever and she would just sit there and watch and watch and I'd get a bloody lip or whatever and she's just sitting there and watching. Yeah, <laughs> watching. Because they're going berserk. She's just watching. She's in the <laughs> middle of it. And I just we... wanted to see how you ran the show. That's all. Oh, my God. That principal hated me. And I don't even know why, but every little thing earned the custodian would report. And I think it was political, like, way back before we started. Wasn't it you and I working at when we took pictures of all the gross stuff on the floor yeah, from the janitor not doing his job? Yeah, he would take pictures of the garbage that the kids wouldn't place their garbage properly. Right. And it was our fault. So we started taking pictures. Oh, and then he would send it to our bosses. So we yep. started taking pictures of the, the disgusting room we work in, which is the cafeteria. The music room, the art room. Yeah, the jack of all trades room. Yeah. But we would get blamed for the dirtiness. Always. And we had, there was ants. I mean, he would sweep the oh, floor. The ants are disgusting. He would sweep the floor and he would literally not pick the food and stuff up. He would set his broom on top of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And we would go to sweep up like, paper scraps or whatever from kids doing a craft project and they would have like little paper clippings on the floor or whatever so we would pick up the broom and as soon as we'd pick it up ants were all over oh, nasty I'm like we're I, no so you expect me to take this broom full of ants and nasty food and smear it across the floor again no not happening it was the worst environment not it was very... terrible. It was so it was so dirty and so gross. And they were the ones that were the nitpickiest school that we worked for. They were, and they were mean, and I just did not get it. No, meaning, and I everybody was like, "Oh, your school's the one that makes the money." You can't tell. You can't tell because no. they sure didn't keep it up. No, gross. 
Well, yeah, I saw Kim and I'm like, uh, people come and go at these jobs. Yeah. And I had been through a lot of people, not at that point, but afterwards. Because Kim quit again. But, um, yeah, I didn't really care for her. But then I kind of liked her. You know, the typical me. Mm-hmm. Kim, what, were your, what was your first impression of Tanya? I actually, I liked Tanya. I, uh, I thought she was quiet. I thought she was really shy. Um, and it was easy for me just to kind of take over, you know? Um, so I liked her. I liked that she didn't really tell me no, uh, which made my life that much more easy. You know, I figured you were the elder. You had more experience. And I am definitely older, um, <laughs> like 20 some years older. How old are you, Tanya? 30? 40. Oh, well, I guess not. Then I'm only 10 years older than you. But, <laughs> but yes, I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think Tanya and I, we had really when we sat down and took the time to get to know each other, I think we are very similar in a lot of things that we do in our lives. And I knew that she wasn't going to give me a real hard time um, about making decisions that she probably would not have made, but not because she thought that they were bad, but probably because she thought, oh shit, we're going to get in trouble. I thought that a lot, but I'm kind of a go with the flow kind of person too. Yes. Especially with kids. Very much so. And you wanted to be able to hang out and do things with the kids. And I was totally fine with that because I don't want to be the one getting on the ground, kneeling and sitting Indian style (laughs) and running and all. No, I mean, you know, that's when you're my age, I, you don't feel like doing that stuff so for you maybe it was someone else we threatened the kids making them read books they were so naughty when we brought them to the gym and made them read books i don't think that was me oh well there are a lot of people i maybe it was me was that us it might have been i don't know we had we had dance parties we had fun we were singing 80s music and they're just staring at us yes we had fun. I don't, you know, and everybody was like, oh, these, this group is bad and this and that. And they weren't bad compared to the other schools I worked at. Well, no. and you know, there were kids that had bad days. We had moments. Yeah. Yes. There were kids that had bad days or a bad minute bad or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But uh, overall, I think you and I worked really great together. I think that we had good kids when we were together, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that we really, they respected you and I as, as their teachers yeah. or, or their whatever. Um, and when you go to other places and you sit with like the Miss Jeans and, oh, you know, no but idea. you know, it, it's when it's those it's that kind of environment where you see a lot of turmoil, you know? Um, and that's part of the reason why I think that they kept hiring me back because they sent me to all these different schools right. to try to get them 
wrapped together and, you know, the kids kind of feeling secure in where they sat or, you know, in the situation that they were in, trying to give some of these other teachers some guidance, guidance, yeah, you know, and I think that's probably why they're a little bit more afraid of me too, because if something wasn't working right and it was their policy that they put together, I didn't have a problem telling them that their policy was crap and they needed to redo it. And this is what we needed, you know, Um, because I have had a lot of jobs and because I have been in a lot of different situations, you know, right. I the miss kids. it. I miss. Yeah. I, I would run into them here and there, and they just Miss Tanya. They run to you and they hug you and they tell their parents. They must have yeah. done something right, you know. Absolutely. Yep. Sarah's got more questions for us. Yeah. Um. So basically, guys, kind of been uh talking about it. Um. Been kind of answering the questions along the way, just kind of talking. So how are you guys like different outside of work? Like um, you guys said that you guys are kind of like one alike, you know, like how are you like different when you like, when you guys hung outside of work compared to working together? He's definitely more outspoken. Like she said, she'll tell the boss is off and I would never, ever do that. Um, no, no, no. I mean, like outside of work. Outside so work. you're saying our professional lives versus our personal lives? Yes. I don't know that we are different. I mean, yes. I think that I act pretty much the same as a professional as I do in my personal life. You know, um, I, I don't really. I, I just swear I more. My, yeah, I swear more. If I take my business clothes off and put my comfy clothes on, I'm still the same person. You know, I don't, uh, I don't bite my tongue, whether it's professional or at my job or speaking to my friends, you know? Um, yeah, I really don't. I drink, I don't drink on the job. I drink in my personal life. <laughs> I hope you don't drink on the job. And I, and I don't, I don't swear a lot at my job and I swear a lot in my personal life right <laughs> you don't exactly. swear a lot at your job <laughs> I used to lie to the kids all the time I told some girls that I was on American Idol when that show was real popular and I'm like <laughs> I lost my voice and I couldn't sing so I got voted off and we were um eating those stupid big Newtons yeah and that was a snack and I go Oh, the Cam Newton's family made these, like the football player when he was popular, and the hot the Solo cups we always had. I go, oh, these are Han Solo's cups. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> All right, yeah. Sarah. Um, and Kim, um, basically, are you in childcare? Are you in any childcare programs now? Um, I'm just got hired for a lead investigator for our CPS, um, or child protective services. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I guess I am still working with kids, but, uh, it's, it's more family and kids, I guess. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah. It sounds like a pretty interesting job. So yeah, yeah, you like that kind of stuff. I do. I think that'd be pretty cool. So sad, I think. But I think it'd be interesting, but you're gonna be doing a good thing. That's for sure. I'm hoping that um, my whole reason, I guess, for applying for this job or like the desire that I have um, to go into this job is because I have been a youth counselor. And so I'd, I've already experienced what it does to the kids when they're removed from their home. Okay. So I've, I've been at that, I've been at the end of the road where they're trying to get back in, you know, reunification with their families, or they're either parents are no longer wanting their kids. And so they're going to become emancipated. I've been there. Okay. That I've been that part. I've been a licensed foster mom. So I've done the middle ground, right? I've done the middle ground. Um, And so I'm hoping now with this, I'm going to be the beginning aspect of it. So my whole goal is to reach these families and get to these families before their family is actually ripped apart. Damage, yeah. And yep, so I can, I'm hoping that I can start where they're going to reach out, where they're going to need parenting classes, they're going to need you know, like anger management, they're going to need whatever it is that they need, jobs, housing, food, whatever is causing riff, right? Um, I'm hoping that I will have the beginnings of all of the answers so that we don't have to worry about foster care. We don't have to worry about reunification. We don't have to worry about, you know, getting emancipated and losing their parental rights. I know that there will be some of that along the way. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. th- that's the inevitable, right? I, yes, I know that there will be a lot of that along the way, but I'm hoping that more parents will be willing to reach out and seek help and guardian ad litems will be active more so, you know, and not be so inept to take what caseworkers say as the rule, you know, um, because the, the guardian ad litems here, they take a lot of their feedback um, and a lot of their advice. They're, they're strongly influenced by whatever the caseworkers say is happening is happening rather than going in and actually seeing it for themselves. Right. So I want the guardian and litems, and that's part of my, what I'm hoping to change um, is that I want these guardian and litems to actually be more hands-on, not be so influenced just because a caseworker says it's so doesn't mean it's so, it's you know, how you interpret it. Absolutely. And being a foster mom here, our, our little guy, he was removed from the home, single mom, um, first time removed from the home and was put in his dad's care. Okay. Um, 
dad and, and paternal grandmother were raising this little baby, doing just fine. Um, and then the dad ended up getting murdered. So grandma couldn't keep little boy. And the little boy went back to mom. Okay. After he was already removed from her care. Okay. So went back to mom, not even 60 days later, little boy was abandoned at a hotel. The drug dealer snatched the little baby, um, kidnapped him and put him out on like the highway or whatever in an abandoned car and just left him there. And he was, yeah. And he was like nine months old. So when we got him, he was not crawling, not sitting up, really not doing anything at all. Um, And the mom was, they put her on her parenting plan. Okay. Which said that she needed to do X, Y, Z. And after she was completed her parenting plan, then little guy was going to go back into her care. Okay. And she was working her plan. She was caught falsifying her work checks. She was like literally creating them on the computer and handing them in saying that she had a full-time job. Um, when they called to verify employment, because I said, I don't think that she actually has a job because she's calling me all hours of the day and night. Um, and then she video called me and she was high as a kite. And I don't think she realized who she was video calling. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. um, like I was some friend, you know, And so I had reported that because that's my job, you know, that's my job. And so when I reported it, I said, somebody needs to do a verification of employment. I mean, is anybody doing their jobs? And so this, her, the caseworker said, oh, I can absolutely do that. Well, they did that. Sorry, she doesn't work here. You know, one phone call, one phone call, simple. And then she started to cry because she was caught in this lie. And I'm sorry, it was so hard for me to find a job and blah, 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 (laughs) blah, 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 blah. blah, Right. So um, she kind of was starting over then again. Okay. And then it turned out where she was going to get some supervised visits. And then, you know, she wasn't turning in her UAs when she was supposed to. And, you know, it got to the point where she was actually telling the county when she was going to be able to go in and donate some urine. They're like, okay, so do you need a couple of days? Do you need, you know, to be clean? Yeah. Do you need a couple of days? Mm -hmm. And then she told me that she's buying synthetic urine. Oh my God. Jeez. So I said, because they're like, oh, she's got a clean UA. Oh, she's got a clean UA. Oh, she's got a dirty UA. Oh, it's dirty. Oh, it's clean. Oh, it's, I'm like, listen, she is so all over the board. Right. And nobody's putting anything together. And because I worked in the jail and because I worked in group homes and because I've worked with kids that are screw ups, I know 
all of their dirty tricks. Right. You know, I know them all. So I said, when are you, when is it going to be where she's doing a hair follicle test? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, I guess we should have thought about that. Like, you think so? You think so? (laughs) It costs more money, I'm sure. And that's exactly why they don't do it because Mm -hmm. somebody has to, they otherwise at the office, they've got UA cups and they got little dips of paper that they stick with all the drugs. Yep. And it says, oh, this is dirty. This is where they don't have to send it away. They don't have to do any of that. But a hair follicle test, you have to send it away Mm -hmm. and it has to be done at a clinic, you know. Well, why aren't they watching her pee? Well, because it's the county office and the county workers don't have that authority. Mm. If it was done at a medical clinic, it would be different. But I could do it at the group home. I watched boys pee, girls pee all day, every day. You know, I mean, it's too bad. Pee watcher. Yeah, too bad. You know, I mean, if if you get your name drawn and you have to do UAs, well, all of your, you know, little privacy things go straight out the window. Not my fault, your fault. Mm -hmm. You know, so, so they did a hair follicle test and yep, she was dirty, 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 dirty. And for not only marijuana, but meth. And I said, there y'all go. And it wasn't two weeks later. And they said, well, we're going to do the 90 day transition. And then this little guy gets to go and have the next 90 days with his mom day in day out. Unreal. And I said, I'm sorry. Why would you even take him from the house? That's just Mm. drama. Right. And the thing is, is that it's the second time that he was removed. If he's removed again within these next 90 days, then she loses her custody rights. So when I brought him to her, um, she scooped him up. And I said, if you need anything for him, and I mean, I just went and bought him a whole bunch of new clothes. I mean, anything that I thought that he was going to need for the next 90 days right. and some beyond. Um, I said, if you need anything, just please call me because I'll do whatever. Right. right. And then she's like, he's going to be so excited because now he's going to be a big brother. And I said, oh, yes, I said, no, I said, please don't tell me you're pregnant. And she goes, yeah, she's like, I'm pregnant. She's like, pretty excited about it. And I said, aren't you scared to death? Aren't you scared to death? And she said, "Um, no, she goes, I'm nervous about having two babies. And I said, let's face it, young lady, you haven't even had one. Right. He's been raised by everybody else but you. So frustrating. These people should be fixed. Well, and my thing is now. Shots or something. I told, I told the social worker, I said, because she already has an open CPS case for her, for this one boy, right? For her, for this one baby, she should automatically have a second case open for right. her unborn, unborn child. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, and they're like, well, we can't do anything unless she tells us herself that she's pregnant. Oh my God. Oh, geez. I just hate this. I don't know how you could give that child up. I know you had to, but. It was, I literally, Wayne and I sat down. We talked to the girls. We talked to Zach. I mean, we talked to every, my mom and dad, everybody in our immediate family and said, would we be so silly to start over at 50? Because I would have not applied for this job because applying for this job, I lose our foster care license. It's a conflict of interest. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. So I said, would we be silly to start over, you know, and take in a one and a half year old? You know, I mean, is it fair to him? You know, is it fair to him? Do I want to be 70 and him think just that about all the celebrities that have kids at 60 and 50? And I just, it's right. Just sick. It's like, it's sad. gone when that's, they're in high school. That's my whole thing. That's my whole thing. Is it, is it, is it better to be unselfish now and let him go? Or is it better to be selfish and know that he's going to have, you know, at least 15, 20 really good years, right? you know, before he has the loss of his parents, you know, I mean, I'm hoping that I live beyond 70. But that's not, I'm not guaranteed that. You don't, nothing's guaranteed. You know, right. I'm not guaranteed that. So, you know, and my sister who is, 50, she's going to be 52. She said, you know, I think that you could do it. I think it would be fine if you would do it. If something terrible would happen to you, you know, at least you have, you know, Zach, Elaine and Olivia, they would be able to fall back. Zach's 27 would he want to be the step up and, and not right. be the brother anymore and be the dad now? And he's got or, two kids. Right. Or would Elena, because she's 18, you know, if something would bad happen to Wayne and I and we would both be gone in the next 10 years, she'd be 28. Would she not want to be the sister anymore and then be the mom? Right. You know, I mean, fair to them either. Right. That's a lot to put on my kids the way it is. So we just opted where, no, because we were asked if we would ever want to adopt him, if he would come available and she would lose her rights, would we want to adopt? And we said, no, I would love to, but it's just not fair. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is not fair because I'm sure there's a young family that's out there that would absolutely fall in love with this boy and do everything that's right by him, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, did you ever watch the documentary? It came out last year. Flicks, Gabriel Fernandez. Yes, made me I watched so. it twice. We even watched it in one day. And it was yeah. so heartbreaking. And how the system failed that little failed boy. Failed him over and over. Yes, over and over. And I've That's... seen it with myself, the way they failed me over and over. And it wasn't abuse or anything, but it's like they just don't their fucking job they don't do and that's my whole beef that's why i am that's why i'm going back into the workforce i literally 
was not going to ever have a job again <laughs> as long as I live. But I, that's why I'm going back into it because I cannot stand all of these little innocent kids falling through the cracks over and over and over and over again because somebody in my position doesn't want to do their job. Right. You know? And it just patience and listening a lot of times. I mean, and you know, do your due diligence. Right. Do your due diligence. You know, they only have a voice that is so loud. And they need advocates, you know, much more than a guardian ad litem. Mentors, anything. Anything. I mean, we have several kids that we worked with and they would act out terribly. And all they wanted was someone to talk to. Yes. And I was just going to say, and how many times did we, did you sit down? Did I sit down right. and listen to them vent and complain and, and it was whine about and their behavior. cry? It was no. something else at home. Always. Or kids, yeah. somebody else being mean to them in the classroom right. or, you know, whatever. But I they're mean, labeled as bad kids from kindergarten on. Yes. Yeah. And it's just so because sad. there was a, because there was a teacher that just couldn't handle it. And I actually liked those kids more. I didn't mind those kids. And, I, you know, I think that's why I don't ever have problems going and getting jobs working with troubled youth or high risk. Youth. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's so rewarding. You know, it it's it's so rewarding to see them finally find some kind of success and finally find some kind of inner strength that they didn't think that they had mm-hmm. to get beyond yeah. their label you know that's what I was kind of doing at the boys and girls club before COVID was yeah. just mentoring a group of kids and you know some weeks it became a bigger group but doing an art project or whatever hanging right. out that's all yep. I want that's all they want. That's it. That's all they want. Yep. Sarah? That's all the questions I have. So um, we talked about this in a different episode, but I go to our place of employment to swim once a week. I was going to go today, but I got lazy again. But when I'm there, I pee in the shower. <laughs> now, it used to be I'd go in the fitness locker room where it's kind of open and all the women go in there over 18. And I would pee in there occasionally. But now I go in the private disabled family room. And I'll pee in that shower. Because I just get the urge to pee. Do you think this is some kind of inner mental thing that I'm at my place of employment? I have to go to the bathroom. But every time you go to the YU too? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's your get back. <laughs> it's something that's for sure. Sarah doesn't think it's appropriate. I don't I think don't. it's appropriate either. I think it's gross. First of I all, I think it's think nasty. Yeah. You're going to get planters warts on your feet. Well, I wear and- shoes, but the old locker room I used to use upstairs, the fitness center or whatever that used to have hair and everything in those showers. So I would just pee in there. It was disgusting already. Just go in the toilet. That's what they're there for. But you get your wet and 
You don't want to go over there. Sarah's grossed you, out. Do you pee in the pool? No. Yeah, right. It's off limits. Yeah. <laughs> so I wonder I wonder why the pool would be off limits. Yeah, but right. The showers not off limits. Exactly. Or lakes not off limits. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't believe her at all. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Never I think you might just pool. have a pee problem. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's beyond it's beyond the place of employment. It's just your ure urethra. How do you say it? Urethra? Yeah. Uh, something yeah. like that. Your pee problem. <laughs> I just on my memories on Facebook, it came up that you and I and um Sabrina ended up somewhere in a disco party. Remember that? Everyone was like 30 at the most. Three years ago, yes, I, that came up on my thing too. Actually, Katrina sent it to me in Snapchat. We were, um, I don't know, Kimberly had a live band somewhere. I think we were down Oneida. Or Oneida, maybe. At those, I don't know what they were, but she took us to a party her brother was at, Katrina. Yep. And it was just this weirdest experience. It was like a disco. We had fun, though, I think. Yeah. We were dancing and drinking. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> I drive by all the time the bar we used to sit at, and it just brings back memories. I love that bar. That used to be our local watering hole. I miss that. You know, we, so when we moved here, I actually asked the realtor, we looked at like over 100 houses, and Every house that we went to, I asked the realtor, is this in a dry county? Is this in a dry county? Is this because Can I can't imagine? be in a dry, I can't be in a dry county. I just can't be. I'm not trying to drive 20 minutes to get beer and then right. worry about, you know, bringing it back home and getting in trouble. <laughs> so they're like, nope, nope, Tate County is not a dry county. And I'm like, amen, because this is where we're staying. <laughs> but there's not a bar in this, there's not a bar in our little town that's They're so really, weird it, no hmm. the, the only place you can get a drink is at applebee's and our okay, applebee's yesterday. they make real shitty drinks here i can't um, uh i can't do it i actually told wayne that i want to open a bar that'd be cool yep i'm gonna name it patterson's pub so we were at this bar i think it was playoff football time and kim was loaded our old classmate's dad came in and bought us drinks, like parent. And he bought us drinks or something for taking care of his kids. Kim was blasted out of her mind. I think her husband was too. I don't know. But they left with the glass in their hands. And they went home. And your daughter took a picture or something? Yes, Elena. She videotaped me. They're mean. And what were you doing, Kim? <laughs> I was passed out in my chair trying to drink a bottle of water. <laughs> and the water was open and it was in her hand. Kim <laughs> and I like our drinks. I took oh. her to see um, Road Trip right before she moved. Yes. And then some guy fun. comes over and he's like, hi, I used to be in the military. My name's Turtle. How are you? And I'm like, I have to go. Those are my parents. <laughs> 
turtle. Yeah. He's trying. He's yeah. trying to hide his head. He's trying to hide somewhere. But yeah, she absolutely <laughs> loved road trip. This is a daytime podcast, Tanya. What the heck? <laughs> oh, we get really raunchy on our normal one. Oh. Have you listened to an episode yet? I not I have yes. I, well, I used to listen to them in the hot tub. Oh, those oh. ones. But this oh, is the different now. Zitty. Yeah, we have different yeah. ones. Yeah, this is a PIC, and um, we uh, just have fun. I like it. Yeah. There are no more questions. No, I don't have any more questions. You, like I said, you guys kind of were just kind of having a little conversation. You guys just kind of answered the questions during the conversation. So Sarah, I don't. Do you think you could do a job like we did? Hell no. No. I'll no? pull my hair out. I will well, pull my hair out. Children might pull your hair out. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deal with children. I had kids like yeah. fist fighting and hmm. with some eight. I mean, kid and... don't get me wrong. I love my nephews with a passion, it's and different. I will it's watch. Very different. I will watch them, but I mean, when they go home, they go home, and I'm by myself. But it's like, you know, I'm. I wish I had kids, but then I'm glad. I'm. I'm glad I don't have kids because right. I don't know if I'll be able to handle them. You know what I mean? I, used I just to come home. From I don't work have patience. I don't have patience with kids twenty four seven. Well, and it's good that you know that. Yeah. Yeah, and plus, I'm the type of person who, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to really react to act around kids. I guess. So I feel kind of funny. I mean, I'm getting better because now my nephew's six years old, and my other one's four months old. So. I'm getting used to it, but yeah. still, I'm not too, you know, I don't have a lot of experience like Tanya does or like you do, you know, I, I haven't been around kids my whole life. So, I mean, yeah, no. So Sarah, you want to wrap up here? <sighs> yeah. Well, uh, Kim, well, thanks for uh, coming on our podcast today. We really appreciate that. It's been fun. Yes, it has been. So, um, yeah, guys, so, well, this has been episode what was it, Tanya? I lost my paper. A05, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh my God. All right. You guys have a nice day and a peace out, yo. Thank you, mother. <laughs> <laughs>